Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Empowered Life Podcast, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially, and to live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizek. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Empowered Life Podcast. Lisa P here, and I am so excited today to chat with my really good friend, Chris. Chris Carruthers, fellow Canadian here with me, and she is a sleep expert. Now, before you start hitting the button and saying, forget it, I don't need sleep, this isn't important, I'll sleep when I'm dead, sleep overrated, you know, all those things that we, that we say to ourselves, we make ourselves believe that sleep is the last thing that we need to tackle. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. Mm-hmm. And Chris and I are going to talk today about why sleep needs to be your number one priority if you're not sleeping well. And if you are sleeping well, how can you just one up that and get the best sleep of your life? Because your life will change once you start sleeping better. So yes. before we jump in, Chris, just introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and a little bit about you. Okay, Lisa. Hi, everybody. So nice to meet Lisa's group. Lisa and I, I don't know if you mentioned, are part of a mastermind together, uh, a high-performance mastermind. And so I've seen her energy, and I know what she's doing for you and her goals for supporting you and being the best mom you can and the best woman in the workplace that you're the best wife and husbands. I know there's a lot of men on the call probably too. And it's so exciting for me to share about sleep health. Now, Lisa, I'm going to be honest. I haven't told you this before. I don't know if I'm up for it in the way that this is such an important issue. It's trending now. It's current. Athletes are talking about it. Mm-hmm. I love how leaders are talking about it. Look, and like you say, it's a missing gap. So a lot of people aren't aware yet. So you're advocating for sleep education and simple. I love the way you said it. There's simple things that you can do. I want you listeners to come off the call today feeling that I have an idea for tonight. You can improve your sleep tonight. You can do it tonight. And if you just feel, if you think a little bit differently about sleep, we'll talk lots about that. You're just going to feel more in control of your health. And you know what that feels like? That feels great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being on my team. I'm happy to be on your team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't realize it's like when you feel better, you're like, I never realized I felt <gasps> Yes. Yes. It's like it's like, I don't want to go back there because I thought that was how I was supposed to feel. Yes. Now you're like, oh, baby, was I missing out? Yeah. Or- it reminds me, you know, when I first um, was at a, I had an eye test and, and the ophthalmologist said, you know, it's time for glasses. And I thought, well, is it? Like, I feel fine. I'm seeing well. Yeah. But then I got fitted with glasses and contact lenses. And I'm going, oh, the world is <laughs> so sharper and clearer. It's like, same thing with sleep. You're feeling, you're coping. You found a way to get through the busy, busy days. You have a life, you manage it, you manage your eating, you manage your exercise as well as you can. You're doing everything you can. And just as you said, you don't know there's another level for you that can be exposed with a more balanced energy 
through simple techniques about improving your sleep. And I can get pretty excited about this. Like I was telling Lisa, you have to cut me off when it's time because there's so many misunderstandings about sleep, things that people don't realize about it. So where should we start? Health issues maybe? Yeah. So let's dig in. thing, but yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I think, I think, First recognizing, I think you have to first recognize that you have a sleep issue and yeah. I have a sleep problem. Okay. And yeah. I think that was a big aha for me. Many people mm-hmm. probably don't know because yeah, they know I'm high energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I exercise, I eat right. I really care about my health. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people maybe don't know that, Chris, when I first met you, I was like, oh my goodness, a sleep expert. I need yeah. to pick her brain because yeah, I wonder. Hey. I don't know if I am sleeping well. It takes mm-hmm. me sometimes 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. you know, to fall asleep. We joke about how, you know, I was saying my husband, his head hits the pillow and he's snoring two seconds later. Yeah. I'm like tossing and turning, thinking about the, you know, what I have to do and my to-dos and I'm worrying about things and my brain's yeah. going a mile a minute. So yeah. I think that I thought for the longest time that was normal. But, mm-hmm. but, you're, but is that is that normal? Lisa, it's not normal at all. Here's what's <laughs> normal and typical. You want to be able to fall asleep within 10 or 20 minutes. Wow. So that's how it should be for you. That's how you should be feeling. Mm. And so for the listeners, if you're thinking, well, no, that's not the case for me. Here's the thing. If you're so exhausted, you crash into bed and you're asleep. I don't know if your husband does this. I think he may. If you have sleep apnea, this is very typical. You're asleep as soon as your head hits the pillow. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. It should take you a little bit of time to shift into the first stages of sleep, but it shouldn't take you longer than 20 minutes. Wow. So I have some techniques to help you with that. Yeah, that's the typical. That's what you're going for, 10 to 20 minutes. Huh. If you have longer or shorter, you probably have a bit of a sleep disorder. And not to worry about that. There's lots of good fixes too. So mm-hmm. that can be reorganized. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, Lisa... Um, how to recognize you have a sleep issue. Let me address that further. But I just want to tell your group why they can trust me. Okay. okay? Because I lived it. And Lisa knows this. I had a crazy life like hers until I was about 37 years old. And I was a single mom. My daughter was coming up to seven years old. I traveled. I had a great job. I was in a really beautiful relationship. I wasn't married, but we had lived together. I'm trying to remember. There's a lot of history, but I was just clobbered with this amazing flu. I ran the Calgary marathon in July and by October, I had the worst flu that I did not recover from. And it took about six months. I couldn't work. I couldn't move. I couldn't climb the stairs. It took about six months to get a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. I thought, not me. I'm the athlete. This is what I do. I rehabilitate cardiac. So my master's, my first degree is in kinesiology and my master's is in cardiac physiology and cardiac rehab. Mm-hmm. And my PhD is in integrative healthcare, but that came later. The PhD came later when I thought, what is the missing piece? I love my life. Why am I sick? I'm a beautiful eater. People used to call me, oh, Miss Physical Fitness. And I, I told Lisa this, everybody. Lisa, you remind me of me when I was young, you know, just constant energy. My email was energy doc. I mean, I identified myself with energy and there I was flattened, could not do my life. So it took me a long time to figure it out, but I was ill for seven and a half years. So here's what I learned. It took me probably year four 
I did so much research and I thought, how, what is it about this immune dysfunction? It was a severe sleep dysfunction where not everybody has CFS in the same way, but I was never really awake and I was never really asleep. Mm. Life was a big gray lethargy kind of. Wow. But the more I researched the clinical trials, because I was a researcher, loved doing that. And thank God I could sit and look at a computer and be tired, but manage it. I thought, what's the missing link? Sleep function. And seriously, I was looking at the cost of poor sleep and I could feel it in my body. So immune dysfunction, you are disrupting your immune system. There's actual brain changes in people who sleep well and don't sleep well. It's measurable. You see this in meditation, you see it in relaxation states. You see it like the stages of sleep, there's five of them, are just a different level of consciousness that you have compared to what you have during the day. Like even during the day, you have high, high alert stages and you have kind of daydream stages. So it's just a different level of consciousness. Your body needs all of it your body has to cycle through all of it so I thought let's develop some techniques to sleep better and honestly I lifted myself out of chronic fatigue syndrome took about a year and a half but gradually I felt I was getting better so this is why I have to share this you know I'm a researcher I've lived it I worked in chronic disease management as you have in palliative care in your nursing role and me as an educator I know you're a nurse educator, mm-hmm. helping people, even in cardiac rehab, I never talked to people about sleep. I didn't know. I thought life was so fabulous. Let's get up earlier. There's a sunset. There's a run to do. There's stairs to climb. There's this to see. There's all kinds of things. And then let's go late at night, into the night, finishing up on the computer relationships or reading or your, your social life or your partner. And I just, I just, it wasn't even on my radar, like you say. Mm-hmm. It needs to be on your radar. So immune health is one thing. So disease risk is the other thing. So I've been working in cancer care for a long time too, and um, severe pain syndromes as a consultant. And almost everybody with severe illness, Lisa, you've seen it, mm-hmm. has an underlying sleep dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Physicians are not yet trained to ask for it. The young ones are. They're doing better. They understand because really sleep medicine is only about 50 or 60 years old. Yeah. yeah, so your doc may not ask you about your sleep. He or she, so educate your physician, okay? Mm-hmm. And say, well, is this a factor? Yes, it is. Because if you're having trouble losing weight, managing your weight, this is a change in the endocrine function in the brain that can be corrected through improved sleep. Mm-hmm. It's all about leptin and ghrelin. I know you're familiar. Yeah. Ghrelin is the protein in the stomach area that says, I'm hungry. Yeah. And leptin in the brain is what offsets ghrelin. They work together in a complex way. So I'm simplifying it. But in, when you're not getting the, all stages of sleep, leptin in the brain becomes disrupted Mm -hmm. and it's really kind of out of whack. Your leptin isn't working well saying, no, no, actually you're not hungry. signal is not getting to your consciousness that no so this is where cravings happen etc right so if you're I I say this I have to really convince people if you're struggling with your weight stop a little bit take a week practice some sleep techniques see if you can get your sleep stabilized first because once you even extend your sleep 20 minutes equality sleep 
you will have more energy to make those healthcare decisions that are going to work for you. Like what foods to choose and mm -hmm. are you going to work out or can I work a little longer? Where's that energy? So, you know, first things first, Lisa, like you said, work on your sleep. Mm, that's huge. And most people, if you, if you pull people on the street and you're like, if you want to lose weight, what should you do? They'll yeah. say, eat right and exercise, right? Yeah. That's like what we've been taught and you're yes. right. And but how many times I hear it all the time. I'm too tired to cook. I'm too tired to <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's I can't get, yeah, it's difficult, right? I'm and, trying. You know, and you hear people, it's interesting you talk about that question, because <laughs> you hear people say, I don't understand how I could eat and eat and eat, yet I'm still so dang hungry, right? Your poor brain, your poor brain needs to rest. And your body is so intelligent, it will help you. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, that's how to do it, diet and exercise for sure. But if you're unable to manage the diet and exercise, which is the case, it's just so difficult. Why is it so difficult? Like you said, mm -hmm. that's why, because you're not getting enough sleep to kind of stabilize the foundation of, of your health and system mm -hmm. in order to have the energy to exercise, the clarity to make food decisions mm -hmm. and the commitment to yourself to make food decisions. Totally. You think, you think better. I think Arianna Huffington actually said exactly. small thinking comes from small sleep. Yes. And that always stuck with me because I think she was talking to some of the presidents of the yeah. world mm -hmm. and they were saying that some of the worst decisions they ever made was yes. deprived. And, yes. And Obama has said that. Yeah. Another thing, not to talk about presidents, you don't want to do that, but Trump yeah. is so proud. I only sleep four or five hours a day. Well, that explains a few things, actually. So <laughs> yeah, you might think of it that way. Yeah. You mentioned, um, what was it you just mentioned? The communication, Ariana. Small thinking comes from small sleep. Oh, <laughs> yes. You think better. Mm. Yeah. So here's what we know about sleep and memory and learning. You're going to love this. Hi. And I see this with, I had students at one of our local universities who came in at 8 a.m. for a wellness course, and they're so tired. Oh it just was just backwards. But what we know from uh, coaching and exercise physiology and teaching, how do people learn? What are the best conditions for people to learn? And here, there's studies underway where you learn a task, a psychomotor task, where you're using your body too, but you have to think and react, like, like you have to do when you're driving. Sure. So sleeping is related to safety and accidents, right? That was the first thing I thought of when you said that, driving. Uh -huh. Yeah. So if you learn a task and then have a nap for 90 minutes, the people who have a nap retain the task better than the people who don't have a nap. Wow. Or who work it through mentally, visualization, et cetera. That's all good, but it's better. Rest your mind. What happens during sleep, you kind of move into the right brain, creative, intuitive, kind of the memory consolidation stages of the mind. And that's where you learn and retain. So people who sleep better have what we call a, a more efficient working memory. Mm. And they have... Um, what happens at night, this will affect you, Lisa, is fewer intrusive thoughts so we've learned this from cancer studies so intrusive thinking is the things during your day you're managing really well you feel good about it but at night when the true you your little heart you wake up and you go oh what about like i'm worried 
worried about my relationship or I'm worried about my health. Those are intrusive thoughts. They're there, but you haven't paid attention to them very much during the day. Mm. So you have to manage insomnia because when you, when you wake up that way, you have difficulty getting back to sleep because of this thinking pattern. Mm-hmm. So a really easy way to fix that. It's a habit I recommend people get into is do a little bit of writing before bed. So mm-hmm. a little journaling. And this is what my PhD thesis was on actually is expressive writing for management of trauma. Mm. So if you look at the clinical trials, you'd be shocked to see that how a little bit of writing before bed it doesn't have to be before bed. It could be in the morning. And you know how Brendan Burchard talks about journaling, Ariana Huffington does. Yeah. All of the key people who want to focus in life, mm-hmm. in productivity studies, they journal and they meditate, meaning they're thinking deeply about what's happening to them. Yeah. So wow. people who journal before bed, they sleep better. They have better immune function. You can actually do blood tests and measure the natural killer cells and some of the other uh, interleukins, et cetera, improve with writing before bed, 20 minutes of writing a day, like even over a short period. My study was actually only eight weeks. Yeah. So we measured, I want to tell you, we measured one week, four weeks, and eight weeks, various symptoms, mm. mental and physical symptoms. So people who wrote had a 54% improvement in their physical sim- symptoms. Wow. So listeners, yeah, Lisa, think about it. Think about your symptoms today. Maybe it's fatigue. A lot of people have back pain. That's really common. A lot of people have headache. Mm-hmm. If you can improve that by half, would your day be different? Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, I want to hear your comment. I was just going to say in the emotional, uh, mental results of looking at symptoms like anxiety, depression, sadness, anxiety, I mentioned already, the improvement was 24%. So yeah, that, that changes your day. Yeah. So what were you thinking? Lisa? I'm just thinking it's something so simple that anybody pen, paper, it's free, like you just have to block the time. And if you do it, as you're saying, you, you, not only will you sleep better, you'll have better memory, you'll have less worries, you'll have mm-hmm. less aches, you'll have less pains, mm-hmm. you'll have less symptoms, you'll yeah. have less anxiety, less depression, you'll lose weight. It's, it's, it's like a magical solution. And a lot of people say, Chris, oh, you're oversimplifying. Well, no, I have three techniques I want, techniques I want to share. It is... How do you describe it when you say something is, well, yeah, it's, it's clear and simple. It's not necessarily easy, mm. but I think we complicate things in life. We do. I receive a lot of questions, Chris, what sleep meds should I take? And what do I need to see a specialist? And um, should I have uh, melatonin before bed? And what about a banana? And what are the practices? And what, what about these sleep apps? And there's lots of great things for sure. Pillows, beds, you know how much a new bed can help, hey? Do you want to just let people know that? Yeah, we just upgraded. Our bed was like 10 years old. We, me and hubby were like rolling in the middle of that. <laughs> so pathetic. It was so bad. But again, it was like one of those things where we're like, oh, you know, 
we got to things. We got to pay this, and we got to get a car, and Oliver needs a car seat. And you know, we're like, yeah. and we're like, ah, when we get the bed, we get the bed. Yes, I've never been more excited to go to bed now. Before <laughs> yeah. I go to bed. Good like, girl, <laughs> right? And it just—I always say it's the best investment. It's one of the best investments we ever made because oh, very cool. There, very cool. So much better, and it's yeah. You know, you have but, to. I think the things that you're sharing really put the why. Like everybody knows we need to sleep and we need mm -hmm. to sleep better. But why? Yeah. Priority. But when you start to think about, oh, that might be why I have a headache and back pain because I'm not mm -hmm. sleeping well. Oh, that mm -hmm. might be why I feel so dang hungry all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, that might be what maybe why you know I can't concentrate. I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't focus. I mean, mm -hmm. even that whole piece about people that take a nap. And then 90 minute nap and then they learn it better. That's yes. cool. we all want to be fast learners. Like to keep up in this world, you have to be a fast learner now. Yeah. Listen, what, what they're learning in coaching, um, the study comes from hockey. So coaches know now that if you have a, a hockey team, they're traveling into another time zone for yeah. a match, maybe the next day or something. Do you get the guys up for practice early that morning? No, you let, them sleep they're mm. going to perform better if they sleep so here's an example of why you should maybe remove something else from your life and add in sleep mm. is because you're going to get more of what you want and i know your listeners i mean these are women and men who are so powerful and they're just wanting more yes. they want to feel fulfilled at the end of the day and feel satisfied and feel that they're contributing so it's just an idea I want to plant in your, in your little ears that what could I let go of? Because I was thinking when I was a kid, what do I remember? Do I remember if the laundry was done on schedule? <laughs> I don't remember that. It wasn't important. You know what, girls, it's not important. And I loved you getting little Oliver into his PJs early. Like, so what? He's yeah. a child. He yeah. can get washed tomorrow. He's going to get dirty tomorrow too. I mean, you know what it is? But you're a beautiful mom because you're cuddling. He's going to remember cuddling with you in Absolutely. his jammies. He's not going to remember why, oh, I didn't have a bath that day. Like, really? Totally. Right. totally. So take that extra 20 minutes, 10 minutes, go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, if I can say one thing that I know you do with your little one is teach your little ones to be excited about sleeping. Mm -hmm. and how uh, exciting their bed is and how much fun their bedroom is and why mommy is making this decision because this will improve my sleep, Oliver, and tomorrow we're going to do this. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I want to really be with you on that. So if we can educate, because we didn't have this. Our mothers and fathers weren't talking to us about this. It was a non-issue, like you said, until you know, 50 years ago where people are thinking, I wonder, I wonder if that is a factor. Mm -hmm. But another thing you said, you said something about communication or what we, what we know about clarity and communication is healthy sleep can help with that. Because when I ask a question, I think when I do a consult, I send an assessment out first, does sleep interfere with your relationships? Sometimes like your communication in relationships or if you have a conflict to resolve you want to be clear mm -hmm. if you have a communication you want to structure it in a way that's going to be a win-win for the two of you and you're having a conversation very difficult to do that when you're sleep deprived mm -hmm. to sort out your thoughts to be balanced in the moment mm 
Mm. So you really remember, this is what, what I want to say and to not react. Mm. So communications break down when you're tired. Yeah. yeah. That's another reason, people. You want your relationships to be better, improve your sleep. Yeah. And there's so much in terms of communication that is so important in the day. Like the way, like you said, our kids will remember how we yeah. Them. Yeah. You, know, you have to have that difficult conversation with you know somebody that's made you upset or yes want to you know approach your boss about something or you're an entrepreneur and you want to go do a sales video and or, convince people of something right it's like you want to be on it you want to be sharp you want to be yes. clear and if you're not sleeping Mm -hmm. so, you're, so Chris, you're really breaking down how sleep is like the answer to like every problem you could, you know, you're like, like thinking about these, like sleep is the answer to every problem in your life. Just sleep. <laughs> like better, you know. I guess what? I believe that it is in the way that you said, it's the missing piece that we haven't addressed yeah. as a culture, as a culture. What about shift work? You think our, about our police forces. Yeah. I've been thinking about them because I've had trouble with my computer. I have an encryption problem with my computer. But policemen and women know how to sleep. They learn. It is, this is taught to them in the academy. How do you create a dark, dark cave for yourself? Mm. How do you strategically manage caffeine when you're on shift work? How do you make decisions about life and death when when you have a gun and you're driving a vehicle and you haven't slept for 12 hours and there's daylight when you had to sleep the last time you had to sleep like how do you manage that so they know based on outcomes and behaviors why sleep is so critical yes and they're hiring people to educate wow. you know under, universities are understanding it and you've seen studies on leadership they're understanding it look if you want it is something to focus on small steps make a difference like you said mm. a new bet so they do. They yeah do. now what about what about my moms that do have you know newborns that yes that they nurse several times throughout the night toddlers that are potty training yes toddlers that are potty training yeah there right now right that you know you're up sometimes a few times throughout the night you're up a lot better or a lot of times throughout the night is it yes. better to try to get in a nap is it better to sleep in when you can like how do you make up lost sleep when you, mm -hmm. when you have a true legitimate reason why you are like the baby For sure three hours so that's what you're doing or whatever yeah. right yeah so let's talk about the solutions lisa yeah. because yes your babies are little or your babies are toddling and they need their diaper or they need yeah. to be trained or they don't like their bed they like mommy's bed better yeah. um then you get teenagers they're coming in late at night and they're yeah. cooking something up in the kitchen like and then you have neighbors <laughs> making noise and i had a client yesterday she said oh my god i live in an apartment and there's a divorce in process next door to me and i hear this and it's so sad so there's always going to be reasons that wake you up mm -hmm. So for you, Lisa, let me ask you, what wakes you up besides the little one? Or is it just, you, do you need to go to the bathroom? Sometimes, sometimes if I have like a cup of tea or something before bed, I've kind of yeah. stopped doing that because I know that that gets me up in the middle of the night. Yes. Um, little man running into our bed. doesn't. Want oh, to he likes your bed, hey? He likes our bed, like has a nightmare or, oh. you know, we're potty training at night. So Yes, so a lot happening. Yeah, so he needs you right that. now. Or my husband snoring. Right. I can just say that. I love yes. him to death, but his snoring makes me mental. So I know. So one comment on snoring before we get to the solutions. I want to get to that fast though. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I want people to know snoring is very common, certainly, but it's not normal. It is a sign that there is disrupted breathing. Mm. There's no question. And people think, well, so what? He or she isn't breathing well. Well, have it investigated. Mm. Talk to your doctor. There could be a problem of sleep apnea, which is a breathing disorder. And it's really very severe in terms of how often it interrupts your sleep at night. And how often the snorer, right, Lisa, interrupts your sleep at night. Sure. Right. So uh, just know that it, it is not normal. And there's, like you say, the breathing, the anatomical position needs to be changed. Like, please roll over and help, help your husbands and your wives understand that they're doing you a favor when they wake you up to say, can you please turn over? Because when you're snoring, you're struggling to get air into the system. That means your brain is not being perfused as well as it could be. That means there's a cost in your behavior. There's yeah. a cost in your health. So. Yeah. So that's the thing about snoring. Yeah, but, if, we're break, if we're breaking down that word apnea, that fancy medical term, it actually means that there's that loss of oxygen. There's that yeah. loss of that breath. It's apnea. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye for a second. That's scary when you think yeah. about it. Serious. Like, what are we thinking? Oh, I don't want to go and get tested. Now, I understand it. I do understand it. But what I see with my patients, okay, so if the signs that you may have sleep apnea are certainly snoring, if you wake up, and you have a, a dry throat, a sore throat, sore nasal passages, headache, or as the day goes on and you're really, really exhausted, you never get started even, you wake up and you feel horrible and you slog through the day. Mm -hmm. So that could be sleep apnea and it's a continuum. Some people have severe and some people don't. So you may need a CPAP mask and they're changing all the time, the technology, but there's other techniques too that you can manage. I have sleep apnea myself too. Yeah. yeah. And so you figure out how to make it work because it's important to fix it. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back okay. to the interruptions through the night. And we'll okay. That There's was a really good piece about sleep apnea because people need to know. Need yeah. To know. All right. So the snoring, I just didn't want to let that go for sure because it's so common. But here's, I have three things to share with everybody that I'd love to encourage you to do because this will change your little world. It's going to change your children's world and your kids at school are going to say, hey, it's really fun to go to sleep. I love my bedroom. My mommy lets me use her pillow sometimes in my own room. So you could even send all of her back to his room with your pillow or mommy's nighty to hug or something like that. They love these little tricks and techniques. Mm, okay. right? Yeah. But here's what you do. It's under your control. So step one is to do some writing before bed. I just want everybody to just try it. If, if you're open to trying it. Step two, two and three are the things you do when you wake up. And I just want to let you know on my website, I have a download. I'm just going to show you. This is free. You can learn how to do it. It's about 30 pages. Mm. And it's what I call the 36 breaths. So you're going to take control of yourself in a very gentle way. You can't control what woke you up. You can't manage other people. You can't manage anything. In the, you can't certainly trust the healthcare system in the middle of the night. Yes. So what can you do tonight when you wake up? So all I want you to do is distract your busy mind. You have a very busy mind. That's your gift to the world. It's not, you're not going to be able to slow it down. So just focus on your breathing. So here's how you distract your mind. Instead of sorting out all your problems for tomorrow in the to-do list, you're not really going to accomplish very much that's creative and effective in the middle of the night. Right. Decide. It's nighttime. Oh, and I understand now why sleep is important. I'm going to focus on my breathing. 
So you count your breaths. As you inspire, you count one. Expire, count one. So full cycle of breathing. And then two, in and out, three, in and out. That's all you do. But you'll notice, whoa, wait a minute. What about that meeting? Am I really prepared for that? And they go, oh, okay, there's my thoughts going. This is a beginning kind of practice for meditation. You just come back, count your breaths. That's all I need to do is breathe. You don't change your breathing. Don't do anything. Just get busy watching yourself breathe. Ooh, I like that. Your body loves it. Your body's going, oh. you'll notice, you can feel it your blood pressure lowering, your heart rate lowering, your respiratory rate slowing. And pretty soon you're going to be asleep, Lisa, because you're tired, right? Yes. You know, Oliver wakes you up and you take care of him. He's back in bed. And yeah. you ladies and dads especially need to learn how to get back to sleep faster. You can't stop what's waking you up. And we see this with cancer and pain and other symptoms, right? You can't really solve that in the night, but you can get to your breathing. So that's step two. It's so simple. And people actually say, Chris, I, I love that. That feels great. I love that. And I'm going to try that because I've done everything from counting backwards from 100, counting sheep. Too and hard. And then never, <laughs> it never works for me, right? You're, you're a tough one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. That's it. Because... People who have high energy during the day are the hardest ones to get toned down at night. But you need that circadian rhythm. You need that light and dark desperately. You need it more than a type B, very calm, relaxed person anyway. So yeah, your mind's going to go everywhere for sure. But this one is just breathing. Don't make it, don't make it any harder because you're breathing anyway, Lisa, and you're really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I like Already? That. I yeah. like that. I can do that. Okay. And what's the third? And I want to talk to you, you know, in a while and see how that works for you. Third thing is the body scan. Do you use this with, with your patients who have extreme pain? John Kabat-Zinn's the body scan. I, I, I do a little bit with that. And even in my mastermind, we talk about just fearful things, things that scare you, tough conversations you need to have, like how doing that body scan, you know, yes. from the past that have held you back. And when you think about those thoughts, kind of doing yes. that. And so I do do some work with it. So that's just another idea. In the night, when you wake up, your plan is, you're thinking I want you to have change your thinking about it I'm gonna do what I can to get back to sleep I don't need to solve anything there's nothing to do I just need to breathe and get back to sleep because sleep is important and like I said if you can extend your quantity of sleep even a little bit even 15 minutes it will change your sleep pattern over the day you're gonna notice an energy change yeah so step three Lisa this body scan here's what you do you just rest in a comfortable position, you're middle of the night, could be four o'clock, could be six, you don't, you have another hour to sleep. Yeah. This morning, you can get yourself back to sleep. Just direct your energy. I like to start with the left leg and my big toe. So you're going to just pay attention to your big toe. And then you move your energy and awareness to the second toe and through the toes and across the top of the foot and the bottom of the foot and the ankle on the right and the left and slowly up the leg. And you're right, visions will come. Intuition will come. You are in your body. This is where your cellular intelligence is. Mm. Yeah. So all the way up the leg, then start at the other leg. Usually I'm asleep by then, but you might want to start at the head and notice your forehead. Don't do anything. Don't contract muscles. Just rest. 
notice my eyebrows, my eyelashes. And your body's feeling nurtured. You're nurturing yourself. Mm. And good things come of it. You're going to be asleep pretty quickly. Again, you've just distracted your mind. You haven't done anything. You're just breathing and thinking, but you're not stressing about your thinking. Exactly. You're moving, you're moving your brain. Yeah. You're taking care of yourself. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. But there's just a few more. Do we have time, Lisa? We do. We do. Okay. Don't look at the clock at night. Do you look at the clock when you wake up? No. You know what I did? No. I, we don't have an alarm clock. We use our phone. Now, I have my phone. I don't even put my phone in the bedroom anymore because mm -hmm. I was back checking every ping and ding yes or waking up and worrying about what time it is like waking yes. up oh my god is it is it 2 a.m or is it 5 a.m and then yeah. i click the button to see what time it was on the phone and then right. we know the studies show that light the bursts in the eye wakes us up and cortisol exactly yep. right so uh so we don't my husband puts his on airplane mode flips it over sets the alarm and, and as i said he's out cold, which we'll talk about with him but he's out <laughs> cold in 33 seconds so yeah. uh he wakes up and then he'll get me up so that or my little guy will get us up. oh i'm so glad good yeah, no 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 I, I don't look at the clock because that was something yeah. that used to keep me up so much too i was Even more yeah so lisa when you stopped doing that did you notice that you were getting more sleep I was hands down. Oh yeah. Simple. The sleep was awful. Like a couple of years ago. Awful. Simple. So it's much, much better now. Yeah. Yep. So that's a really easy step. Anybody can do tonight. What I want you to know about light and dark is you need bright sunshine during the day. And so I don't know if you're getting enough outdoor time in real sunlight, Lisa, your body loves that. And it helps set your circadian drive so that you become more tired at night. I know you're already tired, so you think, I don't want that. I've heard between 10 and 2. They actually say even when the light is the strongest, uh, even if you're outside just for 10, 15 minutes between. Just go for a walk. Is there a time, is there a best time, or could it just be any time, just get out in the sun for a little bit? Any time is great. Yeah. The best time is certainly, that's the brightest time of the day, but the best time actually is you use your alarm to get yourself up. It's not a digital alarm. There's lots of old-fashioned alarm clocks, so no light falling on you. You wake up, and then you throw the blinds open, if the, and then let that light fall, mm. or the morning light. Your body likes that. So it's all about hormones. Melatonin is the hormone that works at night to keep you asleep and to help you fall asleep. Mm. And it's the cortisol surge that's caused by light in the morning that gets you going. And that's what you want all day long, eh, is that cortisol. It's making me smile thinking about my little guy. That's what he does in the morning. He'll wake does up. He? And he'll say, Mommy, it's morning time. And oh, he pulls so open the drapes. Because so him that at nighttime when it gets dark, we go to bed. Yeah. And every time when the sun comes out, we get up, right? But that's just, it just made me think of that moment where he, he literally oh. drapes and we'll say it's morning time. So that's a beautiful <laughs> reminder. As you said, get up, open up those drapes. That's what he wants. He knows, like, let's get surging. Let's get that day going. Our, kid, our kids are smarter than we are, I tell you. kids right? are brilliant. Here's the yeah. second thing that we learned from our kids. We know this. First of all, your babies breathe. That's how you want to be breathing, that diaphragmatic breathing. Mm -hmm. But it's just, don't worry about it. Just breathe however you're breathing. But the other thing is ritual. Mm. Even though you're an overgrown baby, Lisa, and me too. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm over 60 now. 
<laughs> our bodies want a routine, same as they did, same as Oliver. You know he does best with a routine, does he? Amen. Hands down. Yep. Yep. We're not tied to it. It doesn't have to be exact. Perfect. But he definitely has a much better day when we follow morning routine, nighttime routine. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. That makes sense. That's the brilliant of his little three-year-old body, right? He hasn't been socialized out of that yet. Mm -hmm. but your body wants that too, and your mind, and mine too, everybody. We love a ritual, and it's genetically programmed, so I know that you're, you're a night owl, right? I am. Yeah. So couples too, I want you to know, don't try to change your partner. If they're an early bird and you're a night owl, find a way to deal with it. Don't criticize each other for it. It's genetically in your bones and your mind. So you have to find a way uh, to be okay with that. That's just who you are. It's a pattern and you'll notice that in your babies too, right? Mm -hmm. They like to stay up late or whatever they like to do. Mm -hmm. But um, that's the thing to know that get yourself into a ritual that fits you. Mm -hmm. I know it's not easy, but it's important for the reasons that we already talked about. You need a job. I don't mean you, but someone who is a night owl and their body wants to have eight hours of sleep, seven or eight and get up at eight in the morning. They, they're not going to do well with a job that starts at eight in the morning. They need a job that starts at nine in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you can think about it, Go to bed at the same time each night and get up at the same time, even on the weekends. What are you thinking, Lisa? Oh, that's such a good point. I was just thinking about that because I'm a night owl mm -hmm. and I used to work shift work. I used to yeah. work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. I was there by about 6.45 in the morning until I got my morning report, worked in the hospital. It was a good 20, 25 minutes away. Like I was up at like quarter to five in the morning yes. and that oh, was yeah. like death to me because it was so hard now my nurse educator I'm nine to five and it's yeah. beautiful and I love and it happier I'm yeah. so much happier because getting up at you know 6 30 instead of getting up at 4 30 in the morning I'm getting up at you know 6 30 7 o'clock and that yeah. is a better fit for me than being up so dang but I bet you Lisa you notice some of your colleagues who are happy as a clown at 6 45 in the morning oh, my husband it's interesting you say about couples because my husband is an early bird he loves nothing more than to in get the morning. up at 4 35 a.m but nighttime i call it your emotional bank account i say yeah. that by, by like nighttime his emotional bank account is done yeah he's a morning person and i'm like the opposite i'm like a night owl but in the morning i'm like don't try to have any kind of high level conversation with me first thing in the morning because yes you know, but you're right. And that's just, we balance each other. But even in routines with Oliver, like I'll do the nighttime routine a little bit better because I'm a night Perfect. Oh, cool. He loves the morning stuff. So, yeah. uh, so you're, that's a really good tip about not trying to change each other. No, just work with it the way you guys have sorted it out. Right. And he yeah. knows not to have a serious conversation with you mm -hmm. first in the morning, like you said, and, and you know, for you, for him, mm -hmm. don't do the budget kind of at eight at night. Right. Right. Right now in that ritual that does what we've been told screen time, lower thing. Like, I don't think people realize again, how many people say I need the T I need to watch TV before bed or I need mm -hmm. to play a game on the computer. That's my, that's my release. That's my time. Mm -hmm. uh, or I know I work with a lot of health and fitness coaches and they do a lot of coaching at night and they're like yes. well, nine o'clock at night is when we do our coaching calls or but you don't realize that, again, sitting in front of that computer, how detrimental is that at night? How detrimental is being on the computer at 10 o'clock at night? 
Oh, if I could just convince people, I don't know, Lisa, you have to help me. We have to find a way for people to understand that. So if you think of our culture, like a hundred years ago, before we had all these gadgets, mm-hmm. people woke up with the light and they went to sleep in the dark. Uh huh. So we have disrupted that evolutionary kind of the way we are but our bodies haven't caught up to it. It's very, very serious. That's why I say you need a complete dark room at night, Mm -hmm. even a sliver of light. You need your dark blinds. You need a nice cool room, but even a sliver of light under the window, you need to remove it. That sliver of light on your iPhone Mm -hmm. triggers that awake factor. Your body is so confused. Like, I don't know, do you want me to sleep or do you want me to be awake? Yes. So a ritual before bed, yeah, get the electronics turned off at least an hour before bed. Because think of it, you can't go crazy. It's like running a marathon. You run, run, run. You can't just stop. You got to kind of cool down a little bit. So you can't expect your body to go 100% and then crash into bed. No, you're not going to fall asleep. You have to gear down. Yes. Gear into it. So you know what I suggest? Get, Get your room all ready for bed. Take an hour or whatever you need to do, whatever works for you. Get your room ready for bed and then get your body ready for bed. This is after your babies are in bed, Mm -hmm. whenever you can do it. Get yourself thinking, I'm going to have a nice sleep tonight. So there's a whole cognitive behavioral area of thinking how it is we think about sleep that affects how we sleep. But just know I'm nurturing my, I'm, I'm moving into the sleep stages and turn all the lights down around you. And if you want to read, it's fabulous. Just have a little light in a dark room. So turn your television off an hour before. Do your journaling and shut that down or do a hand journal. And all of this, Lisa, is outside of the bedroom. Mm. Reading in the bedroom. No reading, a lot of people do. And so that, if they're on a screen, there is a melatonin disruption there. Mm. Don't worry, a lot of people do it. And it looks like you, maybe you do that. Are you reading? Oh, no, I'm just laughing because how we talked about, well, yes, that was one thing, and how we talked about how I got we got a new bed. Yeah. Was, we actually redid our whole bedroom. Oh, Instead of buying Christmas gifts for each other, we decided to renovate our bedroom and get with a fireplace, bed. right? Fireplace. We got oh, a bed, but this was a big argument. I joke, it wasn't that big of an argument, but it was a little bit of disagreement. We had a television in the bedroom, and that was yeah. my husband's thing. Like, I have to watch TV before bed. And I said, if we're making this Zen bedroom, I said, the TV is out. The TV's out. No more TV in the bedroom. And even from doing that, I think the quality of our sleep has hugely, hugely, hugely. Oh, that's fabulous. But so many people have TVs in their bedroom and they watch TV before bed and such a bad habit. Right. And I understand it's actually a horrible habit, but people have reasons for doing that. I'm sure you do too. Like, well, it's relaxing. I like to have the news just before bed and I don't really watch it. I just like the sound or the rhythm of the voices. And those are all good. Re- those are good things to have to get yourself to sleep. But the TV is the wrong way to do it. It for is. Lots of reasons because, you know, it's influencing your thinking. I don't know if you ever dream about the news. <laughs> like I don't watch the news too much because I dream. Oh, okay. How can I fix that? Well, right. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to fix that at four in the morning. <laughs> so I didn't really need that. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It makes complete sense though. But yeah, we, I don't read in the bedroom anymore and we got the TV out and that has been a huge, I know exactly what you're saying. That's been a huge. Oh, good. The last thing I did that was a huge thing oh, um, is, is, um, Oh, an iMac. Yes. Yeah. You were the All one right. in 
to, yes. and I used to look at those things and think, oh, come on, only the like, you know, prissy real house <laughs> somewhere, you know, yeah, you know, the Kardashians, <laughs> God love them, the Kardashians <laughs> of the world. Like that was like the stereotype that I had yeah. wearing that mask. And I literally picked one up. I'm not even kidding you. It was like $4.99 at like the beauty section. Like it was like under five bucks. Yeah. And that has made a huge, 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 huge difference because mm-hmm. we have a lot of night lights in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I both grew up with our parents always making sure, which isn't a bad tip, right? We tell our seniors that to make sure you have a lit pathway. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But that little bit of light streaming in, mm-hmm. that night light I found was impacting my sleep. So now that I wear the the eye mask, I love it. I can't believe what a world of difference. And it sounds so silly, but when I do wear that mask, I find that I don't think as much, if that makes sense. Like when I see blackness, I, I'm not thinking about when I'm like, awake and worried and then my eyes are focusing on something else like yeah you complete blackness you can't focus on anything so you have that true. to go to sleep right yeah. it's true your eyelids lisa as you just said even when they're closed they are influenced by light mm-hmm. so dark 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 is very restful mm-hmm. in many many different ways and if we looked at the endocrine system and the hormonal system it's very interesting what's happening when it's dark what's happening when it's light our bodies are designed to have light and dark so thanks for sharing that simple tip it's so simple i hope everybody gets a sleep mask tonight yeah. and yeah. just try it just try it. it's not for everybody but a yeah. dark room is for everybody all of these things that's what i encourage people before you knock it try it all those things you said right before bed, journal, the 36 breaths, mm-hmm. the body scan, blacking out all that light, you know, wearing, wearing the mask, mm-hmm. your ritual. Try, the ritual, yeah. Because it might, one thing of those five or six that you shared might be the thing that clicks, right? Yeah. That clicks. So you've shared so much goodness in this last 45 minutes. <laughs> I love the beginning where we just recapped about how sleep affects your weight loss, your health, your memory, your leadership, your communication, your cognition, your focus, your immune function, your clarity, your communication, like, whoa. So yeah. if you were doubting before that you didn't need sleep and all those things we talked about in the beginning, oh, it's not a priority, Hopefully that helped you change your mind there. And then all of these tips that, that you armed us with, even thinking about that snoring, right? Even that snoring and that piece of how 10, 20 minutes to fall asleep, head shouldn't hit the pillow and be snoring and out and shouldn't be like me, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And we'll work on yeah. that. Chris, yeah. I know you can help me with that. But mm-hmm. I do have one last final question for you. Sure. And thank you for sharing about that chronic fatigue, um, you know, syndrome that you had. I got a little bit of like a reality gut check there when you were talking about how it hit you at 37. I'm 35. I'm exactly what you were describing of high energy, love to get up, get cracking with the day, be super productive, do so much, burn the midnight oil, keep working. Like that's me right now. And I think that somebody up above placed you in my life for this reason so that I don't I don't crash and burn like you did. Oh my God. Oh my God, Lisa. Well, since you fixed it, 
how, like, what is life like now for you? Like, what is the quality of your life now? Like, what, what, what changed for you? Tell me. What, oh, what a good question. Everything changed for me. But the most important thing that changed is I understood the value of sleep. And that changed other things. Like, when I was ill, I thought, how can I ever go back to work. I can't think clearly. I can't put the words together. I transpose numbers, etc. So I had a high level position in health education. What was I doing? Oh, no, it was pharmaceutical sales. That's what I was doing when I got sick. And I thought, well, that, that's a message from the body. That didn't work for my body in my mind. Mm -hmm. So what changed was my energy. I'm back playing tennis, competitive tennis. Wow. And I ballroom dance. I entered my first ballroom dance competition when I was 50. That was my um, to-do list at 50. We have four medals. We got one first, two seconds, and one third. Yeah. I never knew that about the you. Newcomers. Oh, yeah, that's when I started. It was wow. so much fun. Now, I'm not a runner. I'm just more gentle in my exercise now. Yeah, like I have a little rebounder beside my desk that energizes me during the day. Yes. Yeah. And I play tennis. I ride a lot, a lot of biking. I do do a walk jog. Like it's just a lot of cross training and it just is amazing. And I love my work. I've moved. Oh, I got my PhD while I was sick mm. because I had time to do it and I was just fascinated and it was energizing me. So just know you guys, when you're fatigued, sleep, is the key so work on that but in the day-to-day -day decisions if you're really really fatigued you need to stop doing what's contracting you and you're going oh i gotta do that you need to move to what's expanding you so what i mean is focus on health what makes me feel better instead of i don't want to do that that makes me feel bad i don't want to choose that that's the negative way kind of looking away from what you want instead of look forward to what you want so that lifted me and i'm just creating i mean a fabulous group of people with you in the mastermind i completed my phd i got amazing jobs with our health organizations in knowledge management, in patient experience, in cancer care. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Lisa, if I can influence one young woman like you to yeah. avoid what I went through, like think of even the financial cost of missing out on your career for seven and a half years, right? Yeah. And of course, the childcare and the cost of not working. And the status and the, the ego kind of hits, like, who am I if I'm not an athlete? I didn't know who I was. I had to figure that out. Yeah. So, yeah, life is different. Life is fun. I, have, I work from a beautiful office overlooking the water. And the things I want to create, I have all kinds of energy to create them. So it's, it's actually fun. A lot of fun. Awesome. And you just had a, a wedding in your family? That's right. My daughter just got married. Hey, Danielle. She's down the hallway here. So that's really exciting. So you're just awake and alive and vibrant and creating yeah. and just your best self because fun. you pulled yourself back from that place and you focused on your sleep, right? Yeah. So let's, Lisa, let's do as much as we can to talk about sleep. I know you do this already and I know your listeners are going to do that. They're amazing people. They're coaches. They're working in the workplace. They have teams. They have families. They're going to influence people about it. We'll take it as wide as we can, okay? Because if we can save a few years of productivity for people or days of productivity even our work our heart is full with that right amen to that yeah. so chris how can they if they want your help if they're like me and they're like man i got to do something about this now i'm inspired to take action how do they contact you or how can you cool. help them? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to help. I seriously want to help. I love helping people. Yesterday, my client was a young woman who was so drained from her work. She needed to develop a plan with a clear head, make a decision with a clear head. So she needed time off work to do that. Replenish her sleep debt, huge sleep debt, and then she can go forward. So that's the kind of thing I do. I do one-on-one -on -one consultations. So if you go to my website, it's chriscarruthers.com, real simple. Mm -hmm. I have all kinds of resources. I have a sleep diary there. If you want, if you think you have a sleep problem, do a diary for four or five days, take it in, talk to your doc about it. Like, look, doc, let's talk about this and see what happens, see what's needed. You may need a referral to have a sleep evaluation for sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. And on my website, I want to tell you, I have an ebook available. Oh, here's the neat thing. If you sign up on my list, if you're interested, I'm developing a new program. It's called Master Your 3 a.m. Monkey Mind, Lisa. So oh. if you have that monkey mind going, first it's going yeah, to be a group where <laughs> you get all this information about learning these skills and a Facebook group well, where there's support to practice it each day. Like, how did you do last night? Do you like the body scan? Did you do some writing? And there's a support for you. Within a month, you're going to be feeling better. So that will be available soon. So I'd love you if you want to just share that or I'll let you know more about it. So that's what's happening for me. I have resources. Oh, the biggest thing I have to share before we close. I love to talk about sleep, Lisa. And so if anyone, you want me to come and appear with your group, I'm a professional speaker. This is really important to me to reach as many people as possible. So I'd love to help out that way. So love just it. come on, get some resources. A lot of it's free. Okay. Love it. Thank you so much. You can just feel, I can feel through that screen, like how passionate you are <laughs> about important. getting people to sleep and how it's truly going to change your life once you master it. So Chris, thank you so much thank for being here. Thanks everybody. That's our latest episode of The Empowered Life and we will see you again next time. You've been listening to The Empowered Life Podcast. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizik.com.